Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel, where we talk about ways to live a virtuous life and all of the things that affect us in our vocations, in whatever state of life we may be in. And now your host, Stacy Galino. Hey there, everybody. I'm so delighted that you're joining me here again on the Faith and Good Counsel radio show. Got a great topic today and a great guest. You might be familiar with my guest today. She is a regular co-host Tuesday mornings on Catholic Community Radio's Wake Up Morning program. Her name is Katie Reshort, and I want to welcome Katie to the Faith and Good Counsel show. Hey there, darling. Hello. You are so awesome. I, I love what you, I love, I love listening to you on the Wake Up Morning show. And You know, the reason I asked you to come and join me here today, uh, Katie, on this show is a series that you did a while back that it really spoke to my heart. Mm -hmm. And it had to do with how the church speaks through the church. And I mean, the building, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) it's not just wood and bricks and mortar and mosaics and stone and pews it's so it's 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 a silent language it's a silent language and y'all it's amazing and so i wanted to ask katie to come and share with you my listeners about the beauty of what we enter into every mass every mass and you will never look at mass at the church building itself the same, I promise you. And so let us begin, Katie, um, by asking Our Lady's intercession um, that she would pray for us and open our hearts and our minds to hear what the Lord, how he would wish to speak to us today through the the beauty that he allows us to co-create in the form of, of our churches. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, there's a lot of big words that go along with studying the theology of architecture and the theology of the church, which we might throw a few of those around today. But really, Katie, I just, I want to really hone in on the the beauty and mm. the wonder of churches. If, if anyone has ever visited some of the older churches, maybe down in, you know, uh, South Louisiana in the New Orleans area, down the river, down the bayou, those are some fabulous, fabulous churches. And in, in fact, in Europe, all over Europe, mm. every one of them, there's one on every corner and they're stunning and they're all unique and different, but there are elements there that, that are um, transcendent that are the same and we're going to talk about some of those but first I just wanted to share that I grew up um, it, kind of a um, unusual you know, faith traditions if you will um, but one of the places that I attended church for a brief time was built as a new building this was an evan- evangelical church um, out in a little rural area in uh, South Louisiana and it was built on purpose as a gym and it had folding chairs, and I just thought, you know, at the time in my little middle school, okay, I was thinking, well, how cool, you know, because we can play basketball in here. It's and multifunctional. Have, you know, have sleep, whatever those, you know, youth night sleepover things. It's right. It's very pragmatic. <laughs> there were no crucifixes. There were no statues. Certainly, there was a stage, 
and there was a lot of music, you know, mm-hmm. equipment even back then. But just a, a real, you know, metal on the outside, just nothing, very utilitarian, okay, nothing to look at, all right? And it's still standing. It's still there and used in the same way, I'm sure. But uh, when I became Catholic um, and as I was um, in the process of conversion and visiting Catholic churches, I just I mean, tears would come to my eyes for reasons I didn't even understand, but the beauty struck me so deeply. And there's a reason for that, Katie, isn't it? It's not just because it's wonderful to look at. It's something far more transcendent and deep, right? It's it's so much more. There's um, It has its own spirituality to it, which means that, that God works and God speaks to it, even if you don't realize. Because um, I think that you know, there are people of many faiths that go into beautiful churches, beautiful cathedrals, and they walk in, they go, oh, wow, just like, stunned to silence. Yeah. And and that's not something you're doing on your own. That's that's the Holy Spirit coming in and touching your heart, touching your soul. Mm-hmm. And because he is working through, through beauty, uh, the Lord gives us so many each person their own gifts and so we all speak to god in in our own way and this is one way that the lord has chosen to speak through those who have the gift of of architecture Mm. those who have the gift of building or painting um, such as iconography Mm. that he uses those to speak silently but but to the heart and it it almost punctures you um, and it makes you say Yes, and and those spaces too, Katie. Being a musician, a classically trained and ever training musician, the the human voice is carried so miraculously in these spaces. They can only be from God. Only, mm. only be from God. Okay, so you know th- we're talking about the wonder and the awe and the beauty of just being in a beautiful, beautiful Catholic church. Tell us, though, when we speak of the theology of architecture, there is some order there. God is a God of order. Can you kind of take us a little bit into that right. arena? Um, and we, we were talking um, before the show that there's a phrase that's called lex orandi, lex credenti, lex vivendi. Okay. Um, which Tell means us what that is. The law of prayer is the law of the belief, which is the law of life. Ah. And, and that ties in so perfectly to architecture and it sounds complicated but all it is is saying the way we worship reflects what we believe and what we believe determines how we will live so this kind of forms the basis upon which churches are built right that if 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 we believe as such if we believe in the eucharist if we believe in um you know the heavenly banquet if we believe in you know x y and z then what are we going to do that's going to reflect that. What are we going to do that's going to help us participate in better? What are we going to do that helps us to worship better? Um, and our worship is prayer. And so in the answer in architecture is, well, we're going to build something that speaks of the church's reality, that speaks of, of God's truth, so that when we are in this body, when we are in this church as a structure, we are oriented to do nothing but worship, do mm-hmm. nothing but pray, and it helps us enter more deeply mm-hmm. where the mass takes place in a church because of that in its form and in everything that embodies in the church helps us 
pray more, pray better, enter more into the holy sacrifice of the mass because we have all these physical elements that um, that point us somewhere. Right, right. And they're it's beautifully um, executed by artisan hands, you know. So I notice when, you know, for example, I'm thinking of, of some churches in Italy. When you when I've walked into these churches in um, the back, there, there are elements there. First of all, your eye is drawn forward. It's in a cruciform. Is that the right word? Or mm-hmm. crux form? Yeah, a crux cruciform. Form. The church itself. And then your, draw, your eye is drawn to the altar. And it's not only forward, it's also up. Okay, explain that. Which is, um, and that, that it's called verticality. That, you know, the, the Lord, the heavenly bank, we believe, you know, we think, we think up, rising yes. up. And I can recall every single time I've stepped into a church in Italy, I would, I would immediately look up, immediately look as yeah. if I am raising my gaze towards the Lord. Yes. Just, and there's, there's, a, there's a, a gift in looking up because there's always beauty up there too. Right? Mm, always beauty. <laughs> that just draws you in, into the wonder of God, whose name, one of his names is beauty with a capital B. So this verticality, I hadn't thought of it in those terms. You know, yes, first you're, you're walking in the smells, you know, of, of, of lingering incense, perhaps from a mass just celebrated. You know, if you're just visiting, for example, but, you know, the baptismal fonts, um, the statues, the mosaics. Um, tell us kind of, I guess, going back to the to the point of that there's order. You mentioned the verticality. There's other points of order, right? Right. I mean, that the church is laid out um, in the sense that almost mimics the liturgy itself. Okay. okay. Um, you know, you're walking in. And our sacraments as well. You walk in, and normally you'll see the baptismal font. It recalls you back to your baptism and, and you're moving forward into the church, which you think about um, Eucharist and confirmation. You're moving, uh, maturing into the sacraments. And, and the point where, um, where you said you, you're looking forward, well, we're looking towards the cross, which, mm-hmm. is, which is what we are called to um, in, in our present life is to be, to be a, sac- a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are called to mimic that every day of our life. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the other um, points of order is permanence, mm, right? And so right. I'm thinking about the building, you know, um, with uh, gratitude for that part right. of my life. Okay, but the building where there was worship held, it was a gym, you know, um, permanence. I, I don't, you know, it's still there, but it doesn't look very permanent to me, whereas I can kind of get a sense of what you mean. Um, by permanence, looking at these beautiful old churches that are made from stone that are thousands of years old or hundreds of years old. And, and I often think of the cornerstone, you know, we talk about that Christ is the cornerstone and, and Christ is permanent. You know, he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that's mimicked in even just the, the very foundation of the church, the materials the church is made of. And also that the church never changes her teaching, that we we expand upon it and we grow to understand, but it's solid as a rock. Right. And it's supposed to withstand time and tradition and history. Um, and just like our faith, that our church is always going to be. It will always stay the same in her truths. So even in the the architecture of the form of how it's laid out in, in, a, in the crucifix form or cruciform, the materials also speak to permanence is that's what you're saying the things that you're not seeing right right right. i mean laying down a very solid foundation so that the church can not only withstand weather and and storms and things like that but 
it's showing that it will withstand, um, you know, the storms of life. Ah, okay. You know, not only not only heresies of the past, but it will withstand um, everything that that may go against your Catholic faith. And it says that no, the church is grounded, yeah. literally grounded yeah. in, rooted in the ground. Um, and this is where you can find shelter, where it will be your sanctuary. I wonder if this is related. You know, I have the sense always that there's something walking into these beautiful spaces, beautiful houses of worship, that there's something uh, so much that's bigger than me and that has been here long before me and will be here long after. And then the souls that have worshiped and have received the Lord there, there's 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 that essence of that there, that communion of saints of the permanence, you know, that, that is, you're never alone. I mean, I have that sense. In some I, of the older churches, they actually used to have um, uh, pews engraved with people's names who have gone before. And so that when you are in the pew and you see that name, you were called to, to pray for that person uh, as a reminder uh-huh. that they, this person once was here and right. now they're, they are part of this church so intimately. Wow. Oh, I'm just so, this makes me so excited. Well, I want to talk. There's so much. We could do a whole series on the <laughs> Council with this topic. Well, I'm talking today with Katie Richard, and we're talking theology of architecture of our churches. So we're going to be back in just a few moments here on the Faith and Good Council Show. Hello, this is Jimmy Sagers. How would you like the ability to explain and defend the Catholic faith biblically? One solution is my book, The Fullness of Truth, which is written in language that lay people can easily understand. You can get it on Kindle for only $2.99, or if you like paper, you can have total access to the entire book for $9.99 at thefullnessoftruthoneword.com. Thank you. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We establish orphanages and help the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church, with over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith. Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, you are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. Welcome back to the Faith and Good Counsel Show. My guest today is Katie Richard, and we are talking about the beauty of our churches, our Catholic churches, the theology of architecture. Who even knew there was a theology of architecture? All I know is the church speaks to me mm-hmm. when I walk in, whatever one it is, and they're all all stunning in their own unique and beautiful ways. And before the break, Katie, thanks, first of all, for uh, joining us here again. Mm, Happy to. Oh, it makes me so happy to see you. (laughs) So we were talking earlier about the vertical, so many things, but the verticality of the church and how the church draws us up as we look to God and the permanence of the materials Mm -hmm. and how the church is made that withstands 
uh, everything. I mean, right. not just us, <laughs> you know, but everything, uh, the, t- the teaching of the church being permanent, et cetera. Um, but there's a third, these are natural laws, right? There, there are three natural laws of church architecture. Okay, because I don't, we did not clarify that um, earlier, and that's my fault because I'm okay. learning right along right. with you all, dear listeners. That is okay. <laughs> so, but I want to talk about iconography because Good. that really, you know, that one I think speaks to me the deepest, and that's the one I think that we're going to connect with perhaps um, first. Right. As, yeah, Co- yeah, that's the one absolutely. that strikes us because that's right. kind of the the paintings and the art and the mosaics and the statues and the ta- the stained glass mm-hmm. and what have you, right? Tell it's us ev- it's everything your eye kind of catches first. Everything that um, is kind of in the church that you first like, ooh, like you said, the stained glass window, the painting um, above the confessional, or or the mural that's on the wall. There's it encompasses so many things, uh, but it's. You know, it's so much more than than just a painting. It's the way things are sculpted, the way things are crafted, the way things are painted or drawn or what have you. That just um, draw you in. But it, it is an icon because its purpose is, is to lift your soul, um, right. to pull you into the contemplation of the realities of, of the Lord. Wow. Wow. And there's a quote here. It lifts iconography is, is important because it lifts man's soul from secular things and brings it into harmony with the heavenly. I don't have the actual who quoted where that quote comes from, but it's stunning. It it really is because you know we're in the in the liturgy. We're entering to the heavenly banquet, and that again, the church speaks to the realities of what is happening. And you know, you just said it. It lifts up um, from secular to heavenly, and yeah. that that is that is the goal, and that is the reality of what happens in the mass. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Or just any time, definitely during the Mass, but also just walking into these beautiful places. You can walk into a church and pray with the church. I mean, you don't necessarily need a Mass to to walk into a church and have um, fruitful prayer. And that is, you know what, that is, I think, a uniquely Catholic thing, Um, at least from my experience uh, in the more evangelical traditions. You didn't go to church unless it was open for the service do you know what I mean it wasn't a place to go and sit which I often do um not just in at the the adoration chapel but I will just go into beautiful churches and sit and kneel before the Lord and and take in the beauty and worship in that way you can pray in front of um the P you know the Pieta statue or the replicas of it you get to pray with um with Calvary yes and the same thing with saints you get to you get to almost be next to them while you're asking for their intercession. It, it allows so many opportunities to to dive into prayer. Yes, and it's just open and, and ready to receive you. Mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm, I, I'm thankful the Lord gives us that variety. Oh, it's wonderful. And, and so part of it's so many, you know, ways to describe what iconography is. But the one that, that I mentioned earlier that I'm particularly drawn to pretty immediately as I walk into a space a church, a mm-hmm. Catholic church, is the altar. Oh. <laughs> and that is... You're speaking my language. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you and I share a love because so much is happening on that altar that mm-hmm. I don't think we really, really know, um, and, and we do need to know. So that's where I want to go now. I want to speak about the holiness, the sacred. Mm-hmm. And we know that that is where the Eucharist is consecrated, right? But w- there's so much more that's happening um, in that moment that I wanted you to speak about, mm-hmm. Katie, um, 
and a lot of this, you know, I've learned more deeply in theology of the body and just the study of the faith. But you have such a beautiful way of explaining these these really deep concepts, this this theology that we all need to know. So talk to us about the altar well, and the altar rails and well, things like that. And I'm sure you've talked about with theology of the body that, um, you know, the essence of 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 marriage is to give to give oneself totally and completely to each other. Right. And that happens in um, when you consummate the marriage. And that's what, what Christ does in the holy sacrifices of the masses. He gave himself entirely in the Eucharist to be fully part of us, to be fully. He right. gives himself fully to us. And in the words um, consummatum es yeah. in Latin is, you know, it's exactly what consummating the marriage means. You know, it's it's bringing together um, these two people becoming one, and the Lord wishes for us to become one with Him, and that that is the importance of of the altar, and why the why the altar has a crucifix above it, why the consecration of the bread and wine happen on the altar, um, why our eye our eye is drawn towards that. It's because where we we become one with our love, mm. and and just as um, you know. I'm a, I'm a single woman discerning a religious life. And, you know, so many people are like, oh, well, you're going to miss out on marriage. And I said, no, I get to, you know, I'm, I marry my beloved who I get to receive in the exact same way as, a you know, as a married couple consummates their marriage. So do I get to receive the Lord totally and completely body, blood, soul, and divinity daily. Yes, as often as you approach the altar to receive. Now, this might be new information uh, to people listening, the nuptiality mm-hmm. of what we receive each right. and every week, I pray, um, at Mass. So, you know, when you approach the altar, the the physicality of the altar kind of speaks to the nuptiality as well as the 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 accidents, uh, is right. that the proper term, mm-hmm. of the bread and the wine right. that become transubstantiated. Um, right. you know, so, so if you could just speak for a moment about the physicality of the altar itself, mm-hmm. the design of the altar, but also the altar rails, what that meant, the baldacchini, mm. is it the baldacchino? Balticino. Balticino, excuse me. Use your Italian <laughs> slang right there. Um, oh, I mean, we have to start with the altar rails. That was, that is, and was such a beautiful part of the church, um, because it's, it's kneeling. And there's part in the book of Tobit where, where he, him, and his new wife, they kneel before they're consummating the marriage, um, because a kneeling is a is a sign of prayer and it's a sign of reverence. And that was the is the point of altar rails is so we can kneel to receive the Lord in in this sacrament. And so the altar rail was so fittingly. Um, right before the altar, but it kind of separated the the congregation from from the sanctuary, and because the sanctuary is the main place where the priests or those who are ordained or those who are in the seminary, um, that is their privilege to be able to stay there, um, to be able to be in that. And the only time that a lay person can enter is in the holy sacrament of marriage, of matrimony, because they're entering to that nuptial union of what takes place on the altar. It's it's mirrored, and so we are kneeling before the altar of which that sacrifice happens. And so the one of the ways that this was explained to me so beautifully um, in my uh, instruction at Theology of the Body Institute is that thinking of that rail, not you know, that's it is a separation, but if you think um, as husband and wife, you know, you close the door for the marital mm-hmm. embrace, and no one else enters. Right. And it's so... 
this is exactly what is happening on our altars. It's the nuptiality with Jesus, the bridegroom is coming so that we can receive him. And that's why you will, um, you, you will see mostly between the altar rail and the altar, there are steps and that step, the steps are supposed to, um, it's also another form of verticality where you're stepping up into such something greater. You're stepping up into something, something higher. That's not of yourself. Yes. Yes. There was something else that I learned, Katie. I'm not sure if this is a part of this conversation, but it just blows my mind. You know, the bread, um, endosperm, the, the, the wine from grapes, which are ovaries. Mm. Think about that for a moment. You know, that's very deep and probably a little bit Ooh, off topic today. I did. But oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful, oh. beautiful, <laughs> beautiful nuptiality of our God who oh. is our who is our bridegroom who loves us that much? Uh, you know, have to meditate on that. So for a the, while. the altar is the marital. Bed. It's the marital bed. It's a right wow. because it is where the action takes place. Yes, beautiful, and, it, and that's why it's taken care of um, with you know beautiful lace and 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 fabric that covers it just to because it is a place of the sacred. Amen. Amen. And so in these older, beautiful churches, much more in Europe, I, I, perhaps in the United States as well, but that is it the Balda? Baldacino. It's kind of like a canopy, or you would see an altarpiece, which is what we would call it the high altar. And they're meant to be grand. They're meant to be big so as to to draw your eye even more, more than when you just entered into the church, mm-hmm. but to draw your eye towards that marital bread where the action takes place that we get to become one with our creator. So beautiful, y'all. Think about Mm. these things. There's so so much more that we couldn't possibly get into here today. I'm a 30-minute program, (laughs) but I know there are some videos about this. First of all, Theology of the Body, you know, and uh, Theology of the Body, tobinstitute.com. You can find out more there. But also, there's some videos about church architecture, right? Where I learned the most from is a man named Dr. Dennis McNamara, MC. N-A-M-A-R-A. And he's got an entire video series on um, church architecture. And is it in YouTube? or is it, it is on YouTube. Okay. They're quick little three, five-minute videos where you can just get snippets and, and you can learn pretty quickly. Well, these things that we're speaking of, they are, they are mysteries. They are so deep and so profound, so wonderful. And you never approach mass the same when you know what the scripture even jumps out at you the nuptiality of scripture that that you've seen over and over again but but i just find especially after each time my husband and i attended theology of the body uh, course or what have you or just do some reading in that area mm. something that i never saw before jumps out from scripture um, about the love that nuptial love that god has for us that he offers to us through our church, um, through the Eucharist, certainly, but through our church buildings. I hate to even, that word just seems so, uh, you know. It doesn't even hit the mark. It doesn't even hit the mark. But there's so much more, so Katie. Much. I mean, we literally, is it is it appropriate to say that we enter the garden when Absol- we enter absolutely. the church? Absolutely. It's absolutely um Oh, man, this is a whole nother topic. <laughs> yeah, give, me the, give me the Cliff Notes version in our last The minute. Cliff Notes version is that um, it is the the fulfillment of the original Garden of Eden, oh! where where sin took place, but 
through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we we are in the new garden and we get to enter in into fulfillment. I know you want to know more, folks. So check out those <laughs> videos. Dennis McNamara, I bet he's on YouTube. Thank you, Katie, for too. being with us here today. Oh, my goodness, y'all. We, we have such a gift. We have such a gift. If we knew, if we knew, sometimes I just want to lay on my face do you know in, in I wish I had a pause the, button sometimes during mass where I'd be like, hold on, that connects to that. Let me yes. give me a second. Okay, now now we, we can go. <laughs> the, the richness of our faith of uh, and the love of God that he expresses to us through the scripture, through the tradition of the church and through our churches. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your love. God bless you, my dear listeners. I'll see you next time here on the Faith and Good Counsel Show. Bye-bye now. Pox Christi, y'all. Faith and Good Counsel is a production of Catholic Community Radio.